Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. Including this episode, two shows left in December. I've already scheduled the first two episodes of 2022. I'll hit you to those at the end of this one. I've been waiting to drop this one on you. Joe Bonamassa. Now, full disclosure, I recorded this interview a few weeks ago. It was a lead-up to his November 28th Columbus show at the Palace Theater. And I played clips of that of, of this interview on the air, but I saved the interview as a whole for Garage Days. I mean, come on, because I, you know, I love you guys. So what you're going to get here, Joe talking about the upcoming show, this current tour that he's on, his new album, Time Clocks, which I've discussed on this show. Great record. I'll throw a few songs from this album at him and have him break it down. You know that I'm obsessed with opening tracks, so I asked him about the opening track on this one, Notches. Great tune. Uh, he's a huge Simpsons fan, so I went there with him. That was kind of cool to talk about that. And, and you know, I just had to bring up the Black Country Communion track, the last song from my resting place. I mean, just an absolute staple here in the Hawks Nest, so I had to bring it up. So here you go, the one and only Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa returns to Columbus November 28th at the Palace Theater. On the line with me now, the man himself, Joe Bonamassa. Hey, Joe. How you doing, man? Good to be good to be back, you know? I mean, who would have thought from the last time we were in Columbus, I believe in 2019, that it would be like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure when we're going to come back, you know? So it's nice to have a gig. Right, right. Just crazy times right now. And before we even, before we even get into this fall tour and the upcoming Columbus show, Got to talk about the new album, Joe, Time Clocks. It's so damn good. And there's, there's, there's a few specific songs that I want to ask you about. But first things first, when did you start making this album? And, you know, of course, we're talking about how weird times are right now. Did you, did you start working on this immediately after the royalty live at the Ryman? Or what's the time frame on this record? You know, basically, some of it was, was, was done while we were doing royalty. I mean, a couple of those songs, like Time Clocks itself, was written for the for the, the the Abbey Road record, which was royalty, and I forgot about it because we had a little accident with our drummer, and he broke his foot right before we were supposed to start recording, and the Abbey Road thing got delayed eight months, and I forgot to resubmit the song. And so when I started putting stuff together around November of last year, I just discovered I go, oh, I forgot about that song, and then I then it was another song I wrote with Bernie Marsden called "The Loyal Kind" that made the record. I was like, oh, I forgot about those. So, you know, it was it was nice to kind of like, oh, like have a couple, of, you know, anchor tracks that kind of just get me started. And, um, you know, it's like to me, it was, you know, and then I kind of wrote songs around it. And it was totally, you know, it totally worked out great because, you know, having those two anchor tracks really solidified where the record was going. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And you're. Your partner in crime, longtime producer Kevin Shirley. Now he's it was in Australia, right? Is it how's how I'm trying to figure out the whole story there and how you guys were able to to still work together, being separated well, like that. Yeah, in in in, in a lot of, in, in a lot of ways it was super weird because he was on Zoom and we were, you know, he was on you know a, a Zoom call and uh, you know and it was it was just. Uh, okay, well, there's, you know, he would, he'd be up at like two o'clock in the morning, you know? Gotcha. And, 
and we would be recording in New York City, and he'd be 14 hours ahead of us the next day. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, it, it was it was weird, you know, just like everything, you know, and I just kept saying it the first day. I was like, man, this is kind of weird. And then I just kind of accepted it, you know, and I was like, you know, everything about this year has been weird. I so hear why, you. Why, why, why not just keep the party going for all of it, you know? Yeah, and, and Bob Clearmountain on the mix, and I when – I found out I was going to talk to you. I was like, man, I got to bring that up. I got to bring that up. And then I see on Twitter, Eddie Trunk tweets at you about Bob Clearmount. And I was like, damn it, I wanted to bring that up with with Joe, man. I mean, that's just, I mean, for a kid that grew up in the 80s, that's just, talk about iconic and and just the sound that he's able to to help create. You know, you know, mixers like Bob and, you know, even Kevin Shirley, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I've dabbled in record production myself. And the first record I produced, I tried a couple of my hand at a couple of mixes and I'm like, they were terrible. And I was like, wow, there, there really is a fine art to mixing a record and the way they can get three dimension, uh, three dimensional sound out of things is incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible because it's like, you know, these, the, the, the way they play stuff, the frequencies and, you know, Bob is a master and, you know, Kevin, you know, approach Bob about mixing some of the record and he was, you know, Bob was totally in. Um, and, but it was also one of those things where, you know, like he really wasn't familiar with me at all. He was, he, he goes, who's singing? He goes, that's Joe. (laughs) Who's playing guitar? That's Joe. That's Joe. But, but the fact that he was able to look at it from completely, you know, with completely, you know, a, a fresh set of ears and eyes and, and, and just, just kind of like, Oh, this is a, cool project and and i think it made it better that's awesome yeah let's let's hit a couple of the songs uh, off the record let's start with the title track time clocks great hook powerful lyrics and the video super cool too joe yeah they you know the kids down the office they're good with them (laughs) it's funny because you know i i will absolutely i i did one music video my years ago when i was on sony and um you know it was one of those things where I, I was, you know, I was in the in the video. I was miming the words, <laughs> right? All that, all that fun stuff. And I just said, I'll never do that again. And I and I haven't, you know. And it was funny because I've actually the only other music video I've ever been in was Eric Gale's, um, you know, music video. And the people in the office were like, "Well, why did, you won't be in your own music videos, but you go on Eric's?" I'm like, "Absolutely." I said because it's just it's just not what I do. But you know they they do a good job with the videos and and we're we're, we're about to release an animated video uh, for I believe Curtain Call that'll be out. Oh, more on that in a little bit. Oh, I've got an asterisk around a question with Curtain yeah. Call. So, um, you know, it's something that, that I love to ask artists about, and it's something I talk about on the air quite a bit. And opening tracks and what they mean to albums and notches, J- just a killer opening song. And I get it, Pilgrimage is. Technically, the first song, but for all yeah. intents and purposes, you know what I mean. It's is, is that something you think about as far as setting the tone? I did a whole podcast on opening songs to records and and what they mean to albums. One hundred percent. It's like a set list, the right? Thing is, it's a, it's like a set list, and you know, I can write a set list for for my show at the Palace Theater that that's two hours and ten minutes, and it feels like four hours. I can also write a set list. That's two hours and ten minutes, and it feels like forty-five. 
you know, it's, it's pacing, it's setting the tone for the record. It's also, you know, allowing, you know, the listener to, to go on a journey with you. And that's one of the things that, that I, one of the downfalls of, among other things of, of how records are consumed now via streaming and via whatever is the fact of the matter is that it, it honestly, the, the, where the artist hears the, the running order is super important. And if you, and, and if you just kind of like, you know, I, oh, I like this song, I'm going to stream this song or I like that song. I'm gonna stream it. Like you're losing, you're losing yeah, the, amen. The, 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 the total statement of an album. From what I've read online, as far as, as, as favorites, fan favorites on this record, uh, just a haunting song, the emotion, the feel on it, and that's Mind's Eye. That, that, that is a beautiful song, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. I wrote that with my friend James House. And, um, you know, he and I have had our fair share of personal setbacks in, like, the last 10 years. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just you know, it's, it's a song. The whole, the whole record has this time theme and about, you know, um, it's getting older and looking things through, you know, looking at things through different lenses. Yep. And that's, that's a, that's a classic example of, of, you know, a 25 year old version of myself would look at situations way different than a 44 year old. You know, it's like, it's about growing up, you know, I mean, we all do it. And, you know, you, you learn the lesson, you'd be like, Oh, you know, I never would have done that. You know, you try not to, uh, right. well, the past. Some, some are better at it than others. Right. I figured out some people actually dwell on it. They, they not dwell on it. They, they flourish in that environment. They're not happy until their life is a, is, is completely out of control. You know what I mean? Oh and, yeah. And burning candles from all ends. You know? <laughs> I'm in radio, Joe. Of course I know what you're talking about. Come on. You're, you're, right? Don't be party harder than radio guys. Uh, and back. So here we are. We've come full circle with, with some of these songs that I want to talk about. And here's the asterisk. I, I got to tell you, man, my favorite track, Curtain Call. Just, Thank you. Just epic. Seven, like, like I tell my buddies, it's seven and a half minutes of Bonamassa riffic goodness, and it's what a ride that song takes you on, Joe. You know it does, and and you know, being that we're not in the singles business, we've never been in the singles business. You know, a lot of the tracks on the record are long. It's because we wanted to kind of get a little progressive and and not, not just go like, well, who cares if it's seven minutes? You know, it's like it's right. like. As long as the arrangement makes sense and it doesn't feel long or, or you know, bloated or, or you know, be all of the above, you know, like too, you know, self-indulgent, you know, that then, and you know, that ends up being, you know, one of the stars because it really was just as we kept arranging the song, it, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it all felt natural. I remember cutting it going, this is long, but this is, it doesn't seem long when I listen to it. So... And there's there's going to be a, an animated video. You say what? When should we kind of keep our eyes peeled to the YouTube? Well, they're, they're coming to my house in New York tomorrow to film to film me playing guitar, and they're going to animate to that. And I said, well, we're we're getting perilously close to me me appearing in a music video here. So, be <laughs> well, I mean, animation, dude. Who loves The Simpsons more than you, bro? I mean, Nobody. right? No. It's so, the only thing I won't sign. It's my. So it's the it's the one thing that the 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 the, the team at Twenty Century Fox they 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 knew how much right. I loved the show and they they Simpsonized me like you know like <laughs> legit like real you know the, right and it's the one thing I will not sign 
when like the eBay guys meet you outside the gig or yep. whatever, and they're like, "Hey, can you sign these?" I'm like, "I don't sign that because um, that was a gift." Right. And it's you know, and and there's two signed copies of that photo. One one is to one is to uh, Matt Grading uh, to a friend of mine. Oh, so, stop it! Oh yeah, dude. And do you have a? And I hate you know, it's like asking me to pick a favorite kid, but I mean, do you have a favorite episode? Oh, uh, favorite favorite episode of Simpsons. I would say twenty two short stories about Springfield is okay. classic. Um, Marge versus the PTA. Yeah, one. I, I wrote uh, down a I wrote down a couple just in case we we went down that road. I'm yeah. I, I like Mr. Plow and, and Camp Krusty are probably just off the top yeah. of my head before I got, hopped in the studio here to record this. I'm like. If if it comes up, definitely Mr. Plow is probably my my favorite. Mr. Plow is good. Um, Camp Krusty is a, a, a classic. But you know, there's so, the, the writing. It was so was so well done, um, especially in the first ten seasons. You know, they they they, they for really sure were, for sure. Uh, and they comment they commented on 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 social things that are still relevant today. And the show's thirty years old, and so, they predicted a lot of things. That, right. Like, Complete satire. They they had no idea that the world would turn into well, for lack of a better word, complete satire. You know. Well, and here and here we find ourselves, Joe. Um, it, yes, here we go. The the, uh, the band sounds great live. I I always try and, and watch a few vids after each show, and and you show a lot o- online as well. Super tight and right. Talk about the band and what we're going to get November twenty eighth at the Palace Theater. Well, we're gonna. Our band is. Um, I think it's my honestly. Uh, I think it's my favorite version of this band. Um, we have uh, Reese Winans returning on the keyboards, as always. Um, uh, Michael Rhodes on bass. He's been now these are our long tenured people. Uh, Greg Morrow on drums from Nashville, Tennessee. He just he just got off the road with Bob Seger last year, and he's playing on a bunch of my records. He's one of my favorite drummers and people. Uh, Jade McRae, a long tenured member of our band, singing. Um, and uh, Danny D'Andrea from uh, she's actually from Australia, but but lives in L.A. And uh, my friend uh, the the great Josh Smith on guitar, and uh, so we're a mighty seven piece. And uh, I, I I like having the, I like having the rhythm guitar because that's you know something we haven't had um, in a, in a while. And it, especially with the new songs, it's just there's just no way I can do. <laughs> I don't no, have I feel you. I feel, right on. Hands. Absolutely. One more thing. Before I cut you loose, Joe, yeah. and, and my circle of friends would they would disown me if I mm-hmm. if I didn't ask you this, and I'm not even kidding. Last year or two, every hangout session, which is about every weekend, but you know that's having some beers and just jamming on tunes. Right. Uh, Black Country Communion's the last song from my resting place. We play that about every night. I think it's I think it's I think it's one of the Joe. I'm not kidding you. I think it's one of the best rock songs in the last ten years. And Thank you so much. And that solo, that solo. Is an all-time great too. Uh, can you can you share any memories on that song with us? I mean, just anything, Joe, because I just I love it so much. Well, I'll tell you, I tell you, you know, when, when we when we make records with that band, I'm always I'm always tasked to sing one and to write one in the in the you know and and my whole thing is like I I try to write something very English because it's a really to me Black Country Community is, is an English rock band, right? Oh, so, yeah. It, the, the whole story about the, the 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 last person to you know on the Titanic you know the, the the musicians who played to the very end always intrigued me 
And, and, and so I, I wrote a song about that. It, you know, it was like, you know, because they actually found the violin that the guy was playing. It's, it's like, it's a, there's a whole, there's, there's a guy that I forget his name. It's been so long, but there was a, there was a, a person they name they, they documented that he was the violinist who played to the end and he sank with the ship. And um, I always thought that was really an interesting, it, 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 it just to me was a very interesting subject and, and a part of history that's been forgotten. So I wrote this song about it. Yeah, I, I always say when I talk about that, when I turn people on to that song, I always say it's the ultimate artist song because it's, they're, they're waving goodbye to their own fate, but they're, they're still performing. They're, they're thinking of the audience in one of right. the most terrorizing times, probably. You know what I mean? I just it's the ultimate artist song. Yeah, exactly. They 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 die doing what they love to do, you know, and that was that that was a, definitely a conscious choice on their part to, to to be like that. And it was it's such a you know it's it's such an interesting you know way of looking at things. You, you know? Are you are you tuning a guitar right now, Joe? I, I'm I'm sitting in tonight with <laughs> Vanilla Fudge in New York City, and I'm restringing a Telecaster while we while we're having this conversation. Oh, that see that is that just adds so much to this. Um, That's right. I'll be playing uh, I'll be playing uh, uh, Shotgun with uh, the great Vanilla Fudge tonight, and uh, it's, a, it's a double bill with uh, Vanilla Fudge and Robbie Krieger at Sony Hall. So whoa, so, hello. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's that's, guys, so. that's good work if you can find it, Joe. My goodness. 20 blocks from the house, so I'm just going to walk down <laughs> The new album is Time Clocks, the show November 28th at the Palace Theater. Joe Bonamassa, what an honor. Thank you so much for your time, bro. No problem. Thank you for doing it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There you have it. Joe Bonamassa, good stuff. Cool dude. Cool dude. I mean, this is, uh, you know, Joe's a part of this week's Garage Days weekly top 10. Duh. I mean, I think ever since I've started this top 10, he's been a part of it either with Black Country Communion or now with his latest solo record, Time Clocks. But here we go, this week's Garage Days Weekly Top 10. Uh, Number 10, Road to Hell, Part 2, Chris Rhea. I'm not done with that yet. I want you guys to, if you're not hip to Chris Rhea, check it out. And it's pretty chill, don't get me wrong, but the dude is an amazing, amazing slide guitarist. And that voice is just, it's it's a husky voice. I didn't... I had trouble explaining it in the last episode just because I've been drinking so much. But uh, yeah, Chris Rhea, Road to Hell Part 2. Check out Chris Rhea, man. Dude's a badass. Uh, number nine, you can't get on the uh, opposite end of Chris Rhea more than this. Uh, Moonshine by the Texas Hippie Coalition. All right? And and I, and I heard about this band, but uh, my buddy uh, Heartland over at his garage, we were over at the jungle the other day, and he played this 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 video for Moonshine. It's badass, man. It's super cool. They're coming to town in the spring. They're going to be at the King of Clubs, so uh, we're all going to try. Me and my buddies are all going to try and uh, hit that one. That band is a trip. So number nine, Moonshine, Texas Hippie Coalition. At number eight, Blue Tomorrow, Tora Tora. Now, this is a demo. This kind of keeps popping in and out of my uh, on my countdown here, but it's it's a demo. The, the quality that you're going to get, the, the video that I keep watching is one of those lyric videos. So if you if you YouTube uh, Tora Tora Blue Tomorrow, I mean that's that's the only one that I can find on that. And I'm and I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't in you know it's Murphy's Law, Dale Murphy's Law, but it, it's Murphy's Law that I'm not gonna. 
I didn't ask that question of Anthony Quarter when I had him here. I would love to have talked to him about some of these demos, and especially that one, Blue Tomorrow. It's a great track from Tora Tora. Uh, check it out. Number seven, Light in the Sky, the Van Halen 77 demo. Still in my top ten. Can't stop listening to that song. Uh, number six, another one that's been in here for a while, Siren Song. Uh, that's from the latest Jerry Cantrell album. Uh, number five, Whiskey Lich from Bourbon Train. I'm telling you, get on those guys, man. And if you didn't catch that episode, it was a few episodes back uh, when I had the guys from Bourbon Train in. Great band. Uh, a lot of promise there. And that's just an absolute jam. And I played that at the end of that show. So you'll get to hear uh, Whiskey Lich, the, the track itself, at the end of that episode. Number four, another band that's going to be making their way to Columbus in the spring. And that's uh, the Almond Betts band, Pale Horse Rider. Just love that track. Uh, number four, Pale Horse Rider from Almond Betts Band. Uh, number three, Better Than You. Yep, that's the latest L.A. Guns uh, from their record, Checkered Past. Uh, just just an top to bottom. What an amazing, amazing record uh, that those guys have. And number two, uh, with a bullet, I'm telling you, and, and Gavin Myers, who was on the uh, last episode, uh, my buddy from North High Brewing, he got me back into Rival Sons again. Feral Roots, number two. Rival Sons, and that's the uh, the title track uh, from their ninth. It was from their uh, 2019 album, Feral Roots. But uh, a lot of great songs on there. They're working on a new record. They're going to be opening up for uh, Greta Van Fleet when they come to Cincinnati. Looking forward to seeing Rival Sons, uh, Feral Roots at number two, and number one, still at number one. Curtain Call, Joe Bonamassa from his album Time Clocks. Uh, you know, and I've had a couple people email me and say, "Hey, man, I've checked out that Bonamassa record, and it is badass, Arch." So, I, number one, I appreciate the emails, and number two, I appreciate you listening to what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, the new Bonamassa is a great, great record. So, there you go. Another Garage Days in the books. One left to close out the year. Dave Mann will be on the next episode, and then it's a holiday break. Yep, vacation dad. Going to go into that. <laughs> you remember that discussion? Yeah, so then I'm vacation dad for a few weeks, but uh, I've got two shows scheduled already for 2022. And we're going to start the new year January 7th with Chips Enough. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming out swinging. Uh, we'll discuss Enough's Enough's latest release, Hard Rock Night. We'll get Chip to tell us of the band's 2022 plans. I'm sure that involves, you know, weed and trim. Uh, then our second show, January 14th, one of my favorite peeps, Lord of the Thighs, Kev Beam, my main man, Kevin Young from the Gypsy Kings. So we're going to start the new year strong here in the Hawks Nest. Appreciate the downloads. Until the next episode, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.